Before we get started with the episode, I just wanted to give a moment to the victims of the aftermath of Hurricane Laura and the devastation that it's brought to a city that's very dear to me in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I encourage anybody who listens to this to find some way to give back and donate and help uh, those in need. It's just not getting the national attention that it deserves. Um, Like my own city, Houston, got for Harvey or, you know, any other devastating uh, events. So I just encourage you to find something to where you can give back to these people that need your help desperately. The city is decimated. My alma mater is decimated. Um, Roofing all over the place, lighting poles down. I just encourage you to help. These people need your help. Um, And I think that the city will come back stronger than ever. But right now, it is hurt. It's hurting. So... Just imagine yourself in your hometown or wherever you're at, um, it just being taken away from you. Just like that within one night, you know, uh, sustained winds of 150 miles an hour, gusts up to 154, I think. Um, It's just devastating. So... If I find some links, um, once everything gets kind of organized of, on where to donate, uh, I'll post on all socials. I'll put it in the description. So um, thank you, and let's get on to the episode. I saw you play Nature Alley. That is not an easy piece, and Dean will be the first person to tell you that. So, man, and I, you know, it's it's that Nature Alley was the first marimba solo I ever truly wanted to play. That it like it, I was inspired. Yeah, and I, it's a weird. Where'd you hear it from? Okay, get ready for this this rabbit hole trip. So, I was. I'll relay it to Dean because he loves hearing this stuff. Oh yes. So, uh, so my teacher. He was a graduate of UTB, University of Texas at Brownsville, and that's where Tom Neville was for, like, a number of years. He was there, I think he got there it's, in, like, 2004. It's not called UT Brownsville anymore, right? No, it's called University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, and it has... Were you taught... Sites. Were you taught by Mark? Yep. But oh, okay. One, one oh. year, one year, but yeah. Okay. okay, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, yeah, I was a junior in high school and I was just starting to slowly get the marimba thing and I just I just googled marimba solos like just YouTube marimba solos and there was one of the ones that came up and it was my teacher at Brownsville he was playing it and it was a slow quality recording you couldn't really see much but I was like this is the coolest thing I've ever heard I I I, I know what recording you're talking about yep George it's Malika. like so, yeah 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 and uh uh, I I didn't well of course I knew the piece from when Lonnie was finishing his doctorate. Mm. Uh, he was finishing. That was the fall of 2015, and he had always talked about like what his document was over, but like you know it had been a while since he had worked on it. But then he started working on that piece again, uh, a performer's guide to Nature Alley by <sighs> Dean Gronemeyer, and uh, and yeah that the opening the 16th note thing where yeah. it plays the melody on the of of the beat and it's like da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. and you're like yeah let's go 
<laughs> and then uh, it's a great piece, man. It's really long. I told Dean, I was like, it's too long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's and it's funny that live stream. Yeah, like I programmed it like at the end, and then Ray Bonds, and I was like, yeah, that was not smart. But I was Friday. I didn't care. <laughs> what was the what was that for? Was it just a recital for your kids? Or yeah. What? So it started off as a recital for the kids. Um, and, but it was, you know, we couldn't do it through like Facebook. We had to like find another outlet that was like safe. So we did Twitch, but I also okay. had a live stream on my phone. Just, I guess like, Oh, I guess for my Facebook, whatever. But yeah, that crashed for the kids. They only caught like the first 15. Oh, so we got to do the whole thing again next week, but we're going to like spend the week doing test runs with live streams yeah. and probably going to do like a YouTube link or something. But yeah, I played a, uh, I played Ray Bonze too. Oh. That is uh, I regretted that decision. It's, uh-huh. I feel like Ray Bonze, I mean, it's probably true for every piece, but Ray Bonze is like a journey. It's a never ending journey. Yeah. Uh, how does Steve Schick memorize it kind of thing? It's, it's a very like, I mean, like, to, for me, I broke it up into halves. Like, it was like, all right, this first half is not terrible. I mean, like, there's some tricky stuff in it, um, like that five over three thing, and you're like, <laughs> what is going on? Nobody then, plays it right. Nobody ever? No, I, I didn't play it right. Steve, I I, even Steve, like Steve Schick, I'm listening to, I use his as a reference, and mm. then every time he gets to it, I think he only plays the bottom the bottom line or the, the, the stems down. Yeah. You know? I uh, I was watching the Vic Firth video of uh, that lady playing it, um, and she's like four clicks under tempo, and I was like, okay, I don't feel as bad for being <laughs> under tempo now, um, and uh, it's very it, that piece like made me better, um, but <laughs> it also really made me question why I chose. Like, it made me really conscious of of picking recital it because I picked it. Because I was like, I want a staple multi-piece. I want a staple piece in the repertoire that's going to make me better. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not playing Zyklus, and I'm not playing... Uh, I'm not playing... Uh, I can't play B, because B had already been played so many times at McNeese for recitals, and I'm like... So I went with A, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what, what did I get myself into? So. Yeah, I want to learn B. Like, I want to learn it all because I, I was, t- I forgot who I was telling. I think I was telling my my partner Emilio. Uh, I've never personally heard a live ver- a live recording or a live performance of either one of them, let alone the whole thing. Like, that's gotta yeah. be like something, something special. So I I finished A, and that was already like yes. I've always wanted to just learn it in life. Let me start yeah. learning B, but then I started learning it, and I was like, oh, yeah. Now I remember why I didn't really want to learn this one. It's yeah. overplayed, and it's it's the opposite spectrum, and it's like I, I always get all of this, the crack, tick, 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 metronome mm. all the time. Like, oh, all right, this is yeah. the same of other stuff. Well, you know, growing up in, I say I say this all the time, growing up in, in American marching band is uh, very in the box. <sighs> And so uh, I don't know how your what your feelings on that are, but I, I really feel like, um, uh, you know, especially both of us growing up in Texas, I feel like um, it took a lot for me to get out of that. Yeah. Uh, letting kind of thing, learning how to stretch, and to pull back, and to uh, kind of let time be. I mean, it's a priority, obviously, when we're playing in different facets of what we're doing. But like in solo playing, it was like, okay, uh, this. It took me a while to. To get it is what I'm saying. Yeah, so. yeah. D- Doctor Dietz, he like that one. My first lesson, he called me out on it. Like that was my first time ever out of the state. I was very yeah. much, you know, the Texas system of education system and percussion style of playing. And marching percussion is my first love. My first love is marching snare drum. Uh, mm-hmm. And I go in for my first lesson, and he's just like, "Why are you doing things the way you're doing?" And I just like couldn't really give him an answer. It was like, well, my teachers told me to do it this way. Well, most people do it this way. He's like, did they get this from sort of some like rule book? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, guess what, man? There ain't no rule book. Like you don't have to do yeah. it that way. And that's, I was like, that's an option. Like I can do things yeah. differently. I don't have to always be 100% in time. I can fluctuate. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, it was a newfound freedom that made me enjoy playing way more. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, it's funny, he came in, 
and did a clinic, I think, uh, probably like, I want to say my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would drive over all the time. And, like, you know, Lonnie would go do their juries. He would come do our juries and stuff like that. And uh, he came over one time, and we had a guy that did a lot of uh, marimba and drum corps. And that dude came in, and he was like, why are you playing it that way? <laughs> and we just proceeded to just, like, you know, uh, try to get him to understand that there's different ways to play the instrument. <laughs> but it was uh, – yeah, I like Brett. He's, he's a great guy. The, um, uh, and, uh, you know, we've already – we've sent some these people over there recently, and that's that's been good for, for both sides. So Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good little um – it's two types of juices, I think. Like everybody, I agree. Yeah. Everybody goes to all these schools, and I feel like they get a certain type of education, a certain type of juice. With Brett, it's it's the opposite. You're gonna listen to chamber music that nobody listens to. You're gonna play music mm-hmm. that nobody plays plays, but it's it's good for you. And you know, when I first got there, I was like, man, maybe this wasn't the right fit. Maybe this wasn't <laughs> the best place. But then it just grew on me, and now it's like, man, I'm really glad I. I'm now really bounced out. Yeah, I'm really glad. It's just it's just expanding this. You know, you you, you appreciate the William Crafts. You know, you mm. understand the, the Zanakis stuff. You know, you may not be able to play it perfect, but you understand it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A little bit more of appreciation for it too. Yeah. I mean, being a drum set player as well, you you always like for me. I'm always looking for groove, and sometimes like you got to dig really, really deep, like especially in Ray Bonze, if you want to, if you find that groove, it's listed, you know, it's written at 40 beats per minute with 64th notes, and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, so it, it's very, um, it, it, I don't know, it, it, it pushed me to like, I guess, dig really, really deep, and you know, like I said, we were we were a bunch of drum set players at McNeese, like, we, it wasn't necessarily part of the curriculum, but like, we just did it because we wanted to. And uh, it was very, um, it kind of put, everything just kind of bleeds into each other with percussion. It's like your marimba, the musicality you develop on marimba bleeds over into your drum set playing. Your drum set playing bleeds over into your world percussion stuff. It's just, that's one thing that I've appreciated about it. And you can probably attest to this through, throughout grad school too. You know, you're just like, man, like, uh, now I kind of start to realize why I'm, why this is the way this is and why this is the way this is. It's a little bit more of a deeper uh, thought process, I think. So Yeah, it's like we've got, we've got these invisible barriers that separate the orchestral mm-hmm. world and the wind, ensemble, the wind band world and the percussion yeah. ensemble world, but they're, they're not really different. I, I started getting to the point, like, in my, at my final year at LSU, I wasn't treating orchestra and wind ensemble different. I was playing the same style. I was playing the same thing, and it's... Yeah they are connected yeah i mean obviously there's some things you might have to do a little differently but at, at the end of the day it's all the same thing it's all music and also you know and this is uh another thing too that we our community is still small enough to where everybody still knows everybody kind of thing mm-hmm. um i feel like if you're contributing to uh to what we have like you're you probably know everybody else too you know what i'm saying so it's uh it's very interesting. I, I, I don't know how much you think about that side of it, but, like, I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, like, just really lucked out with with this community of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think about it, too. I think, I guess it's the same argument that everybody makes. It's, I think it's even in Steve Schick's book, like, we just don't have, we don't have hundreds of years of history. It's No, we don't. We're, we're coming up, like, on a hundred years, or we've hit a hundred years of, like, I guess established history i don't know i don't even know how to like ex- des- describe it but i mean dude the drum set's barely 100 years old yeah I mean, yeah that's nothing in the grand scheme of things that i mean if we talk about timpani history it's like <laughs> maybe maybe 300 years yeah. like maybe yeah so and then it's just um, starting to get it started getting good like in the 40s and like it's it's weird it's just there's hard it's hard to just pinpoint things in time but that's why it's why i tell people all the time like the legends we have now the living legends like steve gad vinnie caliuta dave weckl the uh uh you know the percussion wise the 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 michael burritts the dean gronemeyers the that they're all still here like and they're going to be foundational 
in what is to come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's just a little bit deeper perspective. Yeah, and I guess it's today's society. We're all in the here and now, but you know, I I yeah. I, I feel like we we like to think of the future. Yeah, I in fifty years, a hundred years, like I'm very proud to say, I think Brett Dietz is going to be like a guy in the history book. Just, just I believe so his, as well. Just for, his, just for his, I guess everything he does, he's yeah, he's a performer. The contributions, but, yeah, yeah the, the contributions, yeah. It's, it's Madison's unicorn. I mean that piece. Uh, I love that piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keiko's still alive. Like, you know, yes. I, I'm, I've been taught and am friends with people who have studied with her, mm-hmm. um, Alex Stopa being one of them. And, you know, hearing that stuff, it's like, wow, like that was like, she's still here. The five octave marimba is only, she almost 40 years old. She's like, so. she's, she's the mother of the five octave marimba, you know, yeah. like LSU has the the first marimba that she used on her first American tour, I think, in the eighties. Eighties, yeah, I was gonna say seven years, yeah, in the eighties. Mm. And the serial number says one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, dude, like this thing belongs in the Hall of Fame, like the PAS Hall of Fame. It should be there. Yeah, and it's in a practice room. It's it's got like bungees and straps holding it together. The bottom bars are cracked, and but like you look at it. And you're just like, man, she traveled the country with this thing, and her last yep. stop was LSU, and she just left it. She just gave it to the school. because she. Just That's crazy. Well, I mean, what's she going to do? Like, <laughs> pack it in a suitcase and bring it back to Japan? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Man. I had no idea. Nobody does. I was told... I didn't find out till like, I think the end of my first year at my master's, and I think... Eric Schur told me. He was a doctoral student at the time. He told me about it. He's really it. good. He's... Yeah. He's so good. My senior, my, my senior uh, experience project was him. It was I analyzed him playing a, a Bach Jig before I knew him. Yeah. I uh, I watched I watched his video of him playing Astral Dance, um, and I think he played Time for Marimba. Yeah, he likes that one. That dude's a. That dude's a bad dude on the marimba, man. He's a, like, and I'm sh- I'm sure he's an overall great player. Dude. He's a marimba guy. We were, I think, when I got there, we were deemed the marimba bros because we both mm. we just like marimba. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, y'all play uh, y'all play a lot of stuff together. Like, we play a lot of ensemble stuff. We never really had the opportunity to like play any duos or anything. But it was a it was a real treat uh, being in on percussion ensembles and even any ensemble with him. Yeah. Dude. uh Maybe you can help me pinpoint their names. So my during my time at McNeese, every year we would go to these days of percussion, right? And um, in fact, I think I saw you at one of them. Uh, I think you played a Keiko piece. Yeah, Song of Trees. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was new, right? It was. I yeah. Uh, Brian Zader had just did like the virtual world premiere, like I think in February or something. Yeah. And uh, Brett wanted me to do the Louisiana premiere at sick. Yeah. And it was cool. I, n- I actually had never played any Keiko Abbey up until that point. And it was, yeah, I, I haven't really played that much either, to be honest with you. I need to, I, w- I think I want to start with like Michi. Yeah. And just like work my way, you know, through everything. Um, and, uh, but yeah, dude, that was awesome. I remember that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but the, there was always these two doctoral students that Brett had, <laughs> uh, one of them had long hair, and one of them was taller, and he was balding. And I do not remember their names, but they asked some really in-depth questions at clinics. And I was like, dang, I should have came more prepared. <laughs> well, I think one of them might have been Kyle Trowinski. Maybe. Because he's, yeah. he's, 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 he's somewhat tall, but he, he is bald. Like, he, he, he shaves his head. Yeah. Um, somebody the longer-haired dude is, he was like a shorter dude. Brian. Brian yeah. Elizondo, yeah, that guy, that guy, he has probably the fastest, one of the fastest, if not the fastest hands I've ever seen. Like, oh, he he's one. He told me, like, when he got into band in sixth grade, all he did was practice. He was just so into it, and so he's he's he must he's probably logged just tens of hundreds of thousands of hours and it shows he can play anything. He sight. I feel like he was sight reading every rehearsal I was ever in with him and he never ticked like he just you know it's a mental fortitude as well like there's a confidence in practicing that much yeah like you you probably noticed it like once like you get you know you get to a certain point Mm -hmm. you're playing you're like i'm just gonna play 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 and then you're like 
it becomes like a confidence thing. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. He honestly like so. I I really use social media. I don't really. I'm not one to post like personal things or work things. Not really. Me but yeah. I do use it as a as an outlet for my music, and I feel like I've hit a point where it's like, it is what it is. I'm just gonna post it. You know, mm-hmm. like this morning I did a. I woke up at like five thirty or six. I couldn't sleep. And it was raining, so I just like, man, well, I guess I'm going to get my day started. I'm going to have some breakfast. So I sat on my balcony, and I played basic strokes, like cold. Like, I just Sick. cold run, no warm, and I posted it, and I was like, this has issues, but whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a thing of, like, um, like refinement versus, you know, raw, like, raw, uh, raw, like, the process, yeah. you know, like people, I'm a, I don't know if you're a basketball fan or not, but I am a basketball fan, and the Philadelphia 76ers have that motto of trust the process because they were so bad for so long, but they had to develop, you know, those those young players like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and all these people for so long, and now they're contenders pretty much every year. So, man, like it, it was that, and in, it, 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 it's stuff like that that I take inspiration for my own playing. I'm sure you, you do the same. Yeah, that's actually one. Of, that is my personal mantra as well. Trust the process. Like, yeah, I, uh, I always, I always say like it doesn't matter who's teaching me. I can't assume they're right or wrong. I have to, I have to trust them, and I have to trust that what they're telling me and teaching me is correct. So I have to trust okay, the process. Yeah. yeah. And then of course I'll find out maybe okay probably shouldn't listen to this guy whatever but like from <laughs> from the from the start it's always like all right trust the process just trust the yeah. process yeah I was very fortunate I, I mentioned this before but like uh, a lot of people get into situations in in graduate situations especially where they just they figure out I don't really like what's going on here I was very fortunate that I, in both my undergrad and masters that uh, I have close relationships with my professors and that, you know, everything, you know, I enjoyed my time. So it was, uh, it, it, I was very fortunate in that way. And I, I trusted the process, but also bought into it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that, um, what I call getting it, you know what I mean? Like this guy gets it, yeah. this girl gets it. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you and I had very similar experiences. Every, you know, I learned from Tom Neville, Mark for a year. Yeah. Um, Joe Moore for, which was technically a semester. He got there my my last semester of applied lessons, but I, I was still there right. for the rest of the year. So Joe Joe Moore, he um, writes great stuff. Man, he is so underappreciated. I, now maybe not. That's not the right word to say. I just don't like, think he's. I don't think he's known. Yeah, yet. he's not, and his stuff is great. I enjoy yeah. playing it. Great stuff. I played. The, some, um, I played one on Friday. I played one of his rudimental solos, and I think oh, really? everybody I mean, liked I it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that uh, that thing he was doing. Uh, he, I, I think he did it from March and April. I think he wrote a snare drum, yeah, for every day of the month or something like that, which is crazy. That's like not easy to do. No, <laughs> so, and he, he like it, you're right. It's not easy to do. And he woke up every day. And he just he just cranked one out. You know, crazy man. <laughs> and they're good. That's those. I I don't. I didn't follow it too much. I knew it was happening. I don't know how many books there are. I think there are three. But that's three months worth of etudes that you can work yes. on. It's crazy. And now we have something to work on besides Delacruz <laughs> and Peters. Yeah, and, you I, know, I, I love Tompkins. I love Peters to death. Developing dexterity is my bible, yeah. but it does get old pretty quick. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, that's why. That's why it goes back to what we we're saying. How how new we are. We're mm-hmm. still getting stuff pumped out. You know, I love Casey Cangelos' stuff. I'll play it every day if I could. Mm-hmm. So it. I'm just like, keep it coming, bro. And then he's got his protege, Caleb Pickering, and like, just keep it coming, bro. Yeah, you know it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's getting good. And I, I tell my kids, I was like, you know, I may or may not be wrong, but, you know, we're in the 20s. I think this is the roaring 20s for percussion. Like, yeah. it's it doesn't feel like it's slowing down. If anything, it's getting faster, you know? Yeah, I agree. The, uh, so tell me, tell me how this, jo- this job came about. It's Lone Star High, right? Yeah, Lone Star High School. Um, yeah, Dallas even, area? Yeah, it's uh, it's located in Frisco, so like North Dallas. Oh, that's a um, nice area. Yeah, it's a nice area, and it's still underdeveloped. Like I, I live in the colony, um, and it's it's pretty well developed. It's got a lot of cool things, but once I it, go into Frisco, which is like a couple miles up the road, it's yeah. just land. It's very underdeveloped. 
but uh, the, wow. the the program is is awesome. It's a lot of fun. I I don't really know how that whole thing came up. I was at a previous school last year, um, and well, I guess I could I should go back further. I was yeah. doing my DMA at LSU, but my father had lower back surgery. Like he was scheduled to have it in September, so I was like, you know what? Nobody can go home. He's going to be out of commission. I'll be that guy. I'll. I'll, t- I'll bite the bullet. So I moved back, yeah. got the job uh, at, at, Ra- at Raymondville ISD, and he recovered. He was good to go in, like, February, March. He could go back to normal. I was like, cool. Well, I don't want to go back to school yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I should probably try and find another job, you know, somewhere new. And I was originally aiming for, like, the Austin area, but I applied everywhere, and this one just opened up, did the process, and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the process of applying myself. Oh, it's, a, it's you, a very interesting process. Any, uh, any, do you have any spots that you're trying, like any areas you're trying to go for, trying to get into? Houston, Austin, you know, like, you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm familiar with the Dallas area. I just, I just, I've never spent a ton of time up there. So it's, you, you know. sound just like me. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like a driver. I love taking road trips and driving. So I've spent my whole life, spent time in San Antonio, Austin, Houston. San Antonio for me. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, but Dallas is the one I just, no idea. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a it was like a south versus north thing, really, I mean, Texas wise. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's uh, like Houston people don't like Dallas people, and Dallas people don't like Houston people. <laughs> it's a very weird dynamic. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I I have family up there, um, okay. and and stuff like that, and I I you know, there's some pretty affluent areas up there that you can get a lot of resources, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm applying around the Houston area right now. I, I'm kind of late to the game because I thought I was going to stay in Vegas. You know, yeah. I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to be doing some playing and then the whole world fell apart. So I was like, well, okay, you know, maybe I'll just go back yeah. South side for a bit and quarantined here. And then, uh, just decided to move all my stuff back in July. So I'm, I'm in H town right now. It's nice. So you are, aside from looking, are you enjoying your time back being back home? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been good being back. It's been a rough, been a rough go of it you know the year is just like (laughs) left and left right left right you know Blake Charles just got obliterated a couple uh, nights ago man that one hurt looking at the pictures on Facebook that one hurt like I know I was only there for a year but man that place was special I learned a lot from Lonnie and the students like that hurt yeah yeah it's it's gonna take a while um for it to be back up and running uh you know that that city's resilient Mm -hmm. it's very they that Louisiana culture in general, it's, it's a lot of resi- like resilient people. It, so yeah, they were. It's you know honestly the transition from Brownsville to to Louisiana, it was kind of smooth because it's it is that they are resilient people just like people in Brownsville, and it's I, yeah. I feel for them, and I know I know this is just a temporary setback. They're all going to get back on their feet, but yeah, man. Yeah. What what city are you originally from? Uh, it's a small town called San Benito, Texas. It's in the Rio okay. Grande Valley. Uh, area so it it sometimes doesn't even come up on a map but it's like the very bottom of Texas Brownsville mm-hmm. and then another town Harlingen where it's like right in between oh okay yeah 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 there's a couple of Harlingen people that went to McNeese and I was like wow yeah Lonnie okay. was telling me that they do a recruitment thing in the valley and Harlingen yeah. is one of the biggest schools that sends kids to their to the program yeah I don't know what the tie is but like are we just some, somehow had recruitment ties there and um yeah, some really great people come out of Harlingen, that's for sure. Yeah, that's the rival school. Like, I went to San Diego High oh. School, and it's like, yeah. It's so big that I think in, like, 2013 or 14, Nike had did this, like, ultimate rivalry in Texas, and we won. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, they gave both teams brand-new home uniforms, away uniforms, wow. gears. The bands didn't get anything, but it was still pretty cool. Dude, our uh, – <laughs> well, we never do, but, like, the uh, – uh, we, we have a similar – rivalry with Laporte High. It's Deer Park and Laporte and like it's on every year it's on TV and stuff like that. It's crazy. People getting stabbed in the parking lot. It's just like over a football high school football game. High school football game. Yeah. I mean I get LSU Alabama, but like not like you know those okay, so those were fun. Those games like I know I had I had to work. Like obviously I I was teaching the Did you run the drum line? Yeah I was I was the drum line guy so I couldn't like you know game days were work days and you know 
Hey, my boy Ty. My boy Ty is there now doing that. Ty is a monster. And Spencer. Ty is yeah, a dude. monster. Like yeah, dude. I I remember I remember watching him at at uh, when he was marching Genesis drum and bugle. Yeah. Before, and he was killing it. I was like, who's this kid? This guy's good. <laughs> did you march Genesis? Yep, I did. Yep. Yeah, so I thought I thought I saw your pictures. I was like, that's like OG OG yeah. 2010, 11, and 12 first years. Sick you know, man. Those were tough. Yeah, <laughs> I did a uh, I did the open class thing too. But it was, uh, we were not not as established, but uh, it was a good year. Louisiana yeah. Stars, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hear nothing good but good things from, from the group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it was a really good year. We got most improved core, and, like, you know, we finished, I think, like, sixth in drums or something like that, which wasn't bad for a fourth-year fourth core, so, or a third-year core. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Back to uh, what we were saying. Wow, we. I'm sorry. I take. I take us on tangent. Sorry, LSU. No, that's cool, man. I love it. I'm the yeah. same way, and I don't know if it's yeah. like my ADD or something, but I'll go. I'll go everywhere. I'll go everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the LSU. Yeah, those were fun times. And then when I graduated and I was there for my DMA, I was like, whoa, okay, well, I have weekends free. I did all of those tailgates, and I was like, no way. Yeah. There's no way that I missed all of this for two years. No way. Yeah. Bro. It was fun though. It was worth yeah. it. It was fun. Yeah, man. I mean, LSU Drama has got a it's got a rich history behind it. A lot of great people have come through there. Yeah, everybody made sure that I knew that one too. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. They're a traditional school. They're uh, they're like you better know these purple and gold. Lonnie, <laughs> Lonnie, like I think Lonnie warned me at Team A after my first year because we wanted to get the new drums we did not want to do the white drums thing and I I, oh. I pleaded my case I was like I understand it's tradition I understand it's history nobody's doing white drums anymore and if they're doing oh. white drums like it's probably something spectacular um, yeah it's so, like a glossy white finish with black hardware or it's, something it's like not that. even white it's like vanilla you know exactly <laughs> but and I oops sorry a little battery no it's cool um that's brave, man. You you tried to, well, actually, you did, huh? You, well, yeah, it was it was well, it wasn't just me. It was me and the the director of bands uh, or uh, of the athletic band Dennis Enos. But yeah, we we pitched it and we just said, you know what, we're probably gonna get some pushback from the from the alumni fan base, but they'll get over it, you know. Yeah, well, it. I mean, uh, the college tradition thing, like it's it's it occurs at the small school level too. I mean, like we. We had some a couple of things that we didn't do one game, and like we got like extreme blowback, and I was like, okay, f- well, there's like twenty five percent of the stands filled up. Who saw? Like really? And so, but no, it's it's a legit thing, and I I know, I know. Uh, <coughs> sorry, oh, bless you. the uh, the uh, I know the uh, the LSU thing is the white drum thing was a was a real th- real deal because didn't they get them wrapped, right? Yeah, so we. We went with the varsity, the the championship pearl championship varsity drums, and it was so dope. It was a it was a black sparkle fade to to silver, and I was okay. like, man, it's so good. But I we decided to get a wrap, and it was mm-hmm. uh it was like a smoke and the tiger eye, and yeah. we did a special order with onto to where like we took off the badge that's on the front of the the snares, and we just like yeah. hey just cover that hole and make it all the tiger eye and yeah so do they still stick with that they, now they or still do it yeah they still do no, it sick man i was yeah. if, if i would have been there one more year i think i would have said like hey one or two games let's just take the wraps off let's just like flex yeah. these nice looking drums but they just never happened yeah uh my boy uh kevin mccabe i think uh i like it i think he was on those drums and then um the uh, it was uh, him and then a guy I marched uh, stars with. Uh, what's his name? He played snare drum. Austin. No. Um, Christian. Yes. Christian Delat. Christian Delat. Yeah. Yes. I didn't remember all I, those guys. Uh, he was my roommate during all days. <laughs> oh, Christian's a yeah. He's an interesting. He's an interesting character. I, I, he's a great player, but yeah, he's an yeah, interesting man. individual. He went to play. I think he went to Academy. He actually. did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at his Instagram right now. Shout out to Christian. Yeah, yeah. Christian, to you in a long still, time, bro. You, have, you had monster hands. I'm sure you still do. Yeah, bro. The, uh, yeah, it's, you know, when I, I was like, as soon as Ty decided to go to LSU, I was like, they got to get him on the, 
the drumline stuff because uh, it's a val- he's a valuable piece to that. Yeah, for sure. For, yeah, yeah. And Spencer is too. I love Spencer. He's he's great. Man, guy. I just don't really know Spencer. I I hear very good things, but you know, yeah. he got there when I left, and then I was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I don't really know him, but I hear good things. Yeah, I hear good. So hear you things. and you and Chase overlapped by a year. Yep, one year. Okay. Yep, and gotcha. and it was cool. Like he got the. Uh, the second grad uh, grad assistant for the for for Brett, and so we hit the ground running first day. Like, all right, well, let's clean the studio. All right, well, let's go to Tiger Bay. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I got to UNLV, we we had a team of four GAs, oh. but we all had like half responsibility. We had, um, but most of us were half history of rock, half percussion. So, like, basically, I just had my own history of rock. Uh, class and online and then i was doing percussion stuff dude that's a baller we it was just me like when i was there and i mean it was man it was tough like i always thought man what's it like at another school like what's it like having just a second guy (laughs) dude uh, do you know jack bounds Uh, the name's familiar i don't i don't know i don't think so he i had him on the podcast he's a friend of mine uh who has his own podcast now check out the jhb percussion podcast uh the uh, I had him on um, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how like they wrote out for he went to MTSU, mm-hmm. and he's like we wrote out a, a GA hand like guideline handbook to help the next few people coming in because like there's just I was like why didn't I think of that yeah. like you like just throughout the year just being like bullet point. Watch out for this. <laughs> you know, it's. I guess you like you. We're just so busy. Like it's little ideas like that, we just don't think of. Like, man, maybe I should, maybe I should do this to make my life easier next year, or the next yeah. guy's life easier. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so it's uh, interesting time, grad school. I don't know if I'm gonna go back yet or not. The DMA is appealing, but it's not high on the priority list. So, well, I'd like I'd love to talk about that, but sure. so I remember Lonnie telling me that when he went to school, I think this was pre-DMA when he was there like before he before he started working at McNeese. Like mm-hmm. he was doing the 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 rock history class, he was doing the drum line, he was doing percussion ensemble. He was apparently he was doing a lot of things. And yeah. and it's it's just it's cool that you said that. Oh, we have four grads like wow nobody's doing yeah i think he did too actually i think he had i think it was a team of like four yeah 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 he was telling me it was some rough times but it was good he said like yeah obviously it was good for him but while it was happening he was like yeah it was very rough (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh essentially cheap labor i mean it's you know you you get what i'm saying yeah nobody wants to say it but we all know what it is yeah (laughs) um but yeah the dma route like that's that's an interesting one it's like for me, I guess the older I get, I, I think about it, man. Like that's like my itch in life. I just want to get a DMA, you know. I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't think I'll ever get a university job because the market is just so saturated. Like I just don't see it happening. I just want to get that paper. Like it's just a goal. Like it, you know? it is. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, it is. Um, yeah. It's not really a validation thing at this point. Uh, it's for me. I'm very confident in my playing. Yeah. Um, I used to not be, so that's a huge step for me. Mm. But uh, as far as, like, the DMA goes, it's like, you know, I'm fine with, like, getting it and, like, never putting the DR in front of my name. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fine with getting it and, like, not even putting it on my resume. It's just, like, it's, a, it's like a personal, not vendetta, but it is a personal, like, goal. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's something of, like, I want to make sure not only the playing is good, but the research behind it. Like, the research aspect of DMA is something that a lot of people kind of, uh, like, I want to go into it knowing what I'm going to do, as opposed to, like, trying to figure out while I'm doing it. So Yeah. And, like, part of it was, like, staying there at LSU for the DMA, it was really cool and it was convenient. I was already in the system. I was like, cool, this will be a good fit. But that was without that was younger Manny not doing research and like oh I have mm-hmm. to do that oh this is what I'm gonna have to do research on oh and so like yeah. whenever I go back it's nice to know okay I'm gonna do some research this school kind of is a marimba school so that's probably what I'm gonna get a full dosage of or this is an orchestral mm-hmm. school this is 
the school that does research on whatever. It's it's good. It's good to kind of see that that that. Or look Did you look elsewhere? Like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, yep. I just yeah. I was like, I knew I wanted to do it, and I just. I, I, at the See, time, I, I didn't I think I was going to get in anywhere else. Honestly, I just didn't think I was going to get in anywhere else. Really, dude. That, but that's that's me too. Though I, it, it, I figured to myself, I was like, I, I might as well just take a break and, uh, and evaluate my options. And it's nothing against anybody, you know. It's just I just want to see what else is out there. And um, you know, at this point, the market is it's a little. It's a little interesting. It, 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 it's kind of like the orchestral market. Mm. The orchestral market is very... It's a little bit more cutthroat, I think. But uh, I don't know if I could ever do that route. Those dudes who go to Juilliard and, you know, uh, Northwestern and, like, all these... Well, maybe not at Northwestern as much anymore, but mm-hmm. all these dudes that, that do that and girls that do that, I'm just like, y'all are brave, man, because yeah. that, is, that is a gamble on yourself. Yeah, I remember... Uh I think you may have been there for Jake Nisley's... Uh, I was. Yeah. That was a great clinic. I mean, just for starters, just throwing down, what was it, like 15 or 20 excerpts back to back? Yeah. Like, that's our... Okay, that's that's dumb. That's cool. So, you know you know what stuck with me from that clinic? Oh, was, it might be the same was, thing as me. Let's hear it. It, it might be. Uh, he was talking about how he wanted to try to practice in any situation possible and he was like uh my friend and i used to wake up at 7 a.m and we would go to our studio setup and just play excerpts for each other no coffee in pajamas nothing and just play excerpts for each other and to to try to work on the mental side of things of like can i do this while i'm on no sleep can i do this like uh in a situation where i do not feel like my normal self that's what stuck with me through that whole thing. I was like, geez, this guy, like, knows these excerpts, like, the back of his hand. Probably knows the... You hand him a packet or a list, and he's like, I got it. Done. Let's go. Which is crazy. But uh, I have a friend like that, Seth Bagwell, who um, isn't... He studied with Alan Abel at uh, Temple and stuff like that, and um, it, it was just... It was so crazy. Like, it... it that to me was like okay. I I mean I'm not in the orchestral thing, but I could use that mm-hmm. to for multiple different audition settings. So that's what's what stuck with me. Was that the same for you? Yeah, and okay, it was not the same, but that one had a big impact on me. That in fact, yes. that's one of the reasons I posted that video of Basic Strokes this morning. It was cold, it was raw, and you could see like it's about six minutes, and you could see the first two minutes. My hands look dumb, like they were cold, mm. whatever, but, you know, that's, it, it is what it is. What happens when I played again at 2 o'clock after a 20-minute warm-up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably going to be, it's probably going to be really nice, but, I mean, I'd much rather just do a cold run and be comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, it was a comment, he said that, but he also talked about the audition process, and he said, like, along something along the lines of, um... So if you want to get a job, if you want to get a gig, like you have to, you have to practice. You have to know everything. You have to be able to play everything just flawless. Like, all right, obviously, yeah. step number one. And then he said step number two, and this one's kind of not cool, but like it's kind of a reality. You got to know some people. You got to know some people in the system or at least in, 100%. The, in, the, in the group that can at least help guide you. All right, you should probably do this. They're probably going to want to hear this. Um, and then this was the part that like blew my mind. I didn't even know it was an option. And he's like, and then the last part, it's the smallest part. You need to be lucky. You just have to have luck. You have mm. to get lucky because everybody that's taking these auditions, they're probably Can't just play. like you. Yeah. Mm. And I just thought about it like, man, like I don't, I've never been one to bank on luck, but boy, that sucks. I'm going to have to bank on some luck if I ever take an, an audition. Like, wow. Well, well, I'm starting to realize the whole you got to know somebody thing is uh, apparent uh, everywhere. Um, You probably figure that in the job application process, you know, stuff like that. So it's very, uh, especially in Texas where it's like you're going, these people run viable programs. They want somebody legit and somebody they know. So it's, you know, it gets gets pretty 
Yeah. You got to know somebody. Yeah, like, you know? I mean, my, my partner, Emilio, I've known him since 2010. We marched Genesis together, and then we, we, we went our, our separate ways. Like, he went to Michigan State. He did all that. Cool. But we've always kept in touch. And he applied, and I was just like, look, I don't want to sound biased, but he's the guy. We need to hire him, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it helped that he knew me, you know. Yeah, the uh, the so he's at Lone Star too. Yeah, yeah, he's the paraprofessional. Uh, he's it's he's it's weird. I'm the percussion director. He's the paraprofessional, but like I, we're partners. You know, we treat it. We're it's our program. It's not my program, and he's the help. It's our program. Okay, gotcha. So so you see that's helpful because um, I know guys that are running six A programs by themselves, percussion programs by themselves, yeah. which is very. Very, very interesting it's, to hear about that. It's yeah, like and like the school I went to, they are a six A now, and my high school teacher is still there. They're very successful, but he is the guy that does percussion. He doesn't. He has some technicians, and like one of the middle school directors is a percussionist. Will help him with front ensemble, but like it's pretty mm-hmm. much him just doing it by himself. Yeah. Um, but all the schools up here in Dallas, or I say all the schools, like in this area, they there's a there's a director and a paraprofessional. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And like, it's funny. I didn't you, even said, know about that. you said you knew uh, Kevin, Kevin McCabe. He's one of my technicians. Yeah. I hired him. Is he really? Yeah, <laughs> man. He's, he moved back to, or he moved to Dallas after he graduated. He's, I think he's in Carrollton, which is like 50 minutes from here or 45. Yeah. And, and he's like our tenor slash front ensemble slash possible electronic guy. Wow. Uh, and then I also got another guy from the LSU drumline. His name's Austin Daigle. Uh, like, yeah, it's, we, it's, it's, cra- it's, it's so foreign to me having help. It's so yeah. foreign. And I, like, I'm having issues figuring out how to utilize these people. Cause I'm just like, I'll do it. I'll do it. No, I know I'll do it. I'll no, do it. it's, it's like, you kind of got to let it go for a sec. It, and it's, yeah. And, and it, it adds another, it adds a little like fear aspect because this is my baby but I have to be okay dropping my baby off to the daycare mm. for 30 minutes and let them work. Ah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you know, like, it's 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 yeah. weird. It's weird, but it's it's cool. It's a good problem, I, I guess. Yeah. So it's interesting because the I was part of, like, a 12-person staff at a BOA school in, in Vegas. Nice. And so I went from being a, a lowly little tech in Louisiana, you know, teaching drumline here, then split time and like go teach front song real quick, then go back. And then I went from that to being co front ensemble technician. And like, that's all I had to worry about. Now, eventually I became like the float around guy, mm. but, but it was very interesting. And in that, and being that aspect of it, of like, I'm part of a staff that is responsible for smaller parts of this program whereas like i went from being responsible for well in in reality the front ensemble at that school had just as many people in it as i had in all the percussion programs i taught in in louisiana the front ensemble alone you know the battery had seven snares four tenors six bases kind of thing it was a very different different world Uh, but well, well at the same time I was like, this takes me back to my Texas days because we were a big drum line too. And uh, it, it, it was a very, <laughs> it went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So it's good. It sounds, it also, it's also just good for you. Like I, I've been in, right. like before this program, I was at Raymondville and it was a, it was a 4A on the border of being 3A. And I had two snares, one tenor, two bass drums, uh, one marimba, one vibraphone. Mm. You know, I was in that situation, and now I'm on the exact opposite. Like, I have a full set of everybody, yeah. and I even have left. Like, to some degree, I have a few leftovers. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how does that happen? But you know, I don't know which situation I'd rather have. Would I rather have a situation that's built up, or would I rather have a situation where I have to build it up? And and uh, why don't you share your thoughts on that? Uh, like, what are the different the different which one would you rather have? It's a double-edged sword for both, I feel like. Here, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. I can tell you because I'm literally doing both right now. Like last year, yeah. I was my program. It was nothing. And I, and I mean that in, in, in with respects. Like they just they had a teacher mm. who had been there for 29 years. He was on his way out like mm. six or seven years ago. 
Um, so like everything I said was law and everything I said, my philosophies that they ate it up. So at the mm-hmm. end of the year, a COVID year by, you know, spring break, like you could see the improvement, you could see them doing things that I was doing and I wanted them to do. And it was awesome. Now I'm here. And although this is kind of an off year for us, it's still a great program. And I'm, uh, I am. I'm dealing with like, well, you know, we won PASIC in 2016. We won the first ever international. Yeah, they did. I didn't even know that. I had no idea. Wow. And as cool as that is, they don't, it's almost kind of like, well, are you sure you're like, we should do it that way? Because in 2016, we did it all this way and we won PASIC. Or we went to state marching band last year. We finished sixth in prelims, 10th in finals. So like, I don't oh. think I don't think we should do it your way. We should probably do it the way we've been doing it forever. It's it's weird. It's like having your walking into a program that is already established is not sunshine and rainbows. It's like it's a different set of problems. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. it's like almost like uh, it's almost like it's it's almost like rewriting the Constitution, kind of like you know something that's already established. And you're trying to like go in there and like write in some footnotes. And yeah. They're like, nope. And you're like, all right. Like no. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Like so, I'll, like for drumline, I I with eights legatos, I do this one that we did at Genesis, and it's a seven eight, five four, seven eight, three four, and then repeat seven eight, five four, seven eight, three four, and three, stop. Four. And the yeah. point is to just make you think. Like it's not like eight eight sixteen or eights where you just like, all right, this is just the warm up, whatever. The kids yeah. are used to playing eights, and they don't. I don't know. It's not that they don't like it, but they prefer to play eights. And I'm like, sorry guys, you're just not. You're not at the level where I need you. We're gonna keep playing this until you mm-hmm. until your feet, your hands, and your heads are better. You know. Well, and I think in any job, I, I talked to my friend about this. He's like, it takes about three years, two to three years, for that culture change to be. Uh, switched over, which, you know, mm-hmm. if I go into a job like that, I, I'm going to make sure that the, uh, uh, I'm going to make sure that, that my plan is to have like a three to four year plan of, mm-hmm. you know, like this could, this could take this long for, for things to happen the way I want them to. Yeah. And, uh, which I don't have a problem with. I, I'm going to work hard regardless, but it's, it's very, it's a it's kind of like a patience game versus yeah. like I'm sure with the established program it's like I can be uh, I need to be patient but also there's all there's also a lot of good stuff already happening that I can just build off of as well so it's mm-hmm. yeah really interesting for sure and <clears throat> like the cool thing is like with me and having Emilio um, like we've had sev- all of these experiences that the kids want to do. So most of the time it's like, look, if you want to do this, we already did it. And this is what we did to get there. You can do it your own way, but our way, like our way works. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a lot of like proving ourselves to the students and not, not that they don't believe us, but every teacher that they've had before us has been legit, you know, and we're young, yeah. we're young. This is technically year two in public school for me. This is this is my second gig ever. It's but it's actually yeah. in the long scheme of things, this is a year. This is like year five for me, and this is like my fourth program. You know. Yeah, it. I'm I'm around the same, uh, but you know, I just haven't held that position yet. Like I've been, I've been in a position of of, you know, being the percussion guy and then being part of the percussion staff. Um, the West Coast is just a different vibe. The West Coast was very. Like these kids were willing to listen to anything. They're very respectful. They're very laid back kids, and then southern kids are like, "I want you to yell at me," like you know, kind of thing. And you're like, "What is going on here?" In the West Coast, you yell. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like he yelled. Like, <laughs> and we're like, uh, "Oh, I'm sorry. Like I didn't. I, yeah. I thought y'all wanted that." Yeah. Like, and oops. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Come on, let's go!" And they're like we're going like it's all good bro and i'm like uh, okay i'm sorry but i'm also it took me a while to get used to that i'm a little bit of a jerk like in in that sense like let's if i was in that situation like let's go guys hustle well we are going yeah. well can you go faster like, yeah. <laughs> like i'm very much like if i i i'm very stingy i want it if i want something well, I, done a certain way yeah. i'm very like 
no, it's it's my way. Let's do it. I was like that. I was like that at first, and then realizing that um, I had just gotten there, and and I was you know part of a big staff. I was like, maybe I just uh, maybe. I, you realize the culture of the kids, and, the, and mm-hmm. the kids were just such hard workers, and they were self-sufficient. Yeah. And they they knew they they knew they had a standard to be met. Mm-hmm. And um, and then by the by the end of my time there, I was just like, man, like I I could just tell these kids something and they'll do it. It's very, yeah. it was very surreal. It was like euphoria. I told them that all the time. I was like, you guys don't realize. You guys are like in a fantasy world. <laughs> like this isn't, this a isn't real school. for a lot of people. This isn't real. You're in a BOA school with a school that can afford a big staff, a very good staff, and you get to go to all these cool competitions out of state in California, Utah, and stuff like that. So, uh, you just I'm just letting you know. If you guys go and teach like I do one day, just don't be mad at the situation you walk into. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that, was, that was very well put. <laughs> yeah, you were in a euphoria. Yeah. You were in you were in La La Land. So, and you know that's what I'm starting to learn about this program. Like I've always had to be not so much at LSU, but I've always had to be like the guy that's in your face, the guy that has mm-hmm. to push you. But these kids at this program, they are hard workers, and then anything, anytime I like raise my voice or do anything, it's it's just because they don't know, and I am trying to build a culture. But right. I can kind of see it. I'm thinking like two years yeah i'm gonna be in a situation where it's just all right i'm gonna tell you what to do they're just gonna do it and then we're gonna work Mm -hmm. on it and we're all gonna go home and we're gonna be happy it's i don't know it's weird yeah it's It's like wait i'm i'm not stressed at the end of the day what it's like yeah that's what i you know it was was very different vibe and um if i if i (laughs) oh yeah i got time to work on my stuff like um you know if i land a gig like that that's one thing that i don't want to miss out on. I tell my friends this that are in your position all the time. I was like, I just, I don't want to lose my hands. And you're a perfect example of like, you haven't lost anything. So it's, it's a very like, uh, it, I think it's just a, a, a kind of like a scheduling, planning out thing yeah. as well as a mindset. So yeah, it's weird. I've thought about it a lot. Like there are several band director friends that I have and there's, and it's not a bad thing, but when they graduate and they get their gigs, like they kind of stop playing their instrument and, you know, maybe they got a family, they have some kids or whatever, and that's fine. But me personally, I just, man, I didn't, I didn't spend 10 years studying to like, just drop it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't blow all this money <laughs> to like, not yeah. do it. Um, yeah. And right now the priority is this job. Like that is always going to be priority number one. The playing, that's my baby. You know, that's, yes. that's the stuff I do when I get home. Like I leave the school at around 745. I get home around 8.15, I'll eat something, and, like, 8.45 to whenever, okay, like, you have to warm up, you have to practice, you have to go over a rep, and it's exhausting, but that's my baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just can't let it go. I, I mean, I'm the same, I think I'd be the same way, so, you know. Uh, what's your minute marker say on your... Uh, 55, 55. 55, Man, cool. time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, bro. Um, the... Uh, one more, one more quick thing. Okay, um, okay. What have you dove into any um, composition? What, what are, what are your plans for playing? Like, what, what are, what are the goals? Um, man, my goals for playing, I just want to play. Like, mm-hmm. I had the most fun playing at, at my DMA because I was in all these orchestras, and I just want to play. You know, mm-hmm. I want my music to take me places. You know, like, like the World Percussion Group. Like I know oh, I got, man, that'd be sick. I know I got canned this year, but like I think next year would be my last year of eligibility. I think mm-hmm. it's like twenty eight, and I turn twenty eight in November. Like I think, I I would love to audition. Like that, imagine just going to Europe because you were good enough to do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like so, that's that's really my goal. I haven't really dove dove into any composition. I've always wanted to, but that's that's another beast, and that's another that's just more time to devote, mm-hmm. and you know this. All free time is going to practicing. I don't. I feel like all these years I'm finally getting somewhere, but I'm still yeah, not where like exactly. I'm not where I want to be. You know. I, I was playing drum set the other day. I was like, "Wow, I'm getting somewhere." Um, <laughs> and, that, and it's like I've only been playing since I was six. So you know, there's that. And that's another um, thing, like drum set. I like most percussionists start off on drum set. Like I never. I am not a drum set player 
Uh, wow, oh. interesting. And like every teacher you would pick it up fast. Well, that every teacher says, like every drum set teacher says, "Man, you've got it. Like you've got it, but you don't do it. You just don't. Like I don't. Uh, I just if I'm in a practice it's room, a different. It's a different feel, man. It's like it's like when it's like when marching guys try to to play drum set and like they don't understand like they don't play any other percussion stuff and they just play drum set a certain way and you're like okay you just hold on a second you know like but it's a it's something you know i i think you would pick it up very very quickly Uh, i think a buddy yeah like somebody a buddy i was telling uh i think amelia i was telling him this like at the beginning of the week i was like man i just i just need to sit down and do it maybe this summer i'll force myself to do it if there's like no drum core or nothing i'll just do it but I was also saying the cool thing is I don't have to approach it as a noob. Like, even if I don't know anything about drum set, the marimba stuff, the marching stuff, the orchestral stuff, like, it's all... It gonna, all applies. It all applies, yeah. you know? We I, talked about that earlier, yeah. Yeah, I just have yeah, to... It just... Just have to figure out how my dumb feet, you know, my feet have just always been dumb. <laughs> Dude, I'm still working on my left foot. The left foot just never wants to cooperate for me, so it's, it's going to take a little bit of more chipping away for that, yeah. but... Marking time was a nightmare growing up. Yeah, yeah dude. Dude, marking time for me took a while. Like, I was kind of upset with myself, like, as, like, a sophomore playing <laughs> snare drum. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, come on. Like, you are you need to step it up. I remember the day that I figured out how a double stroke roll works. And, and, like, I try to go back to that day sometimes, and I'm like, oh, my God. If I can just, like, find another breakthrough with that, mm-hmm. with my left foot, then I'll be set. So it's, what, uh, one of my my center sticks. Uh, his name's David Montoya. He's 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 playing. He's a drum set player and he's killing it. Ooh, with the accent. Yeah. Too. I like that. Oh, thank you, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he. Are you fluent in Spanish? Uh it's it's weird. I'm like third or fourth generation. My parents speak it, so I've been around it my whole life. Okay. But they never spoke yeah. to us in Spanish. But like, I can have some. I can have small conversations. I can't do any in depth yeah. stuff, but I can understand. So it's. it's I'm trying cool. to learn. So yeah. Yeah. Especially in Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, and Dean Dean's fluent in Spanish too. So it's. Well, you uh, spend a lot of good time in Mexico, huh? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the non diapas. Yeah. Or, he called Zeferino uh, Papa Yapa. So it's. Uh, Lonnie has some pictures from a few of the times he went. Yeah, yeah it's a good time. Or it looks like a good yeah. time. Um, is the uh, anyway? Sorry. No, I don't even. Yeah. I don't even kind of lost my train of thought. That's what happens. So it's oh man. Uh, but yeah, like the like you know the music. Oh, your cent- your center your center stick. Sorry. Oh yeah, uh, he he uh, he was telling me like a drummer or a percussionist has three fra- three phases of their life, and the first one is you know beginners. I'm just gonna play. I'm just gonna whatever. I'm just gonna yes, go. Oh, yes. this is fun. This is awesome. The second phase. This is where most of us stay in for a long time. It's where we're like, you know, I'm gonna use this knife cover. All right, yeah. I'm gonna slow it down. Understand how it works and yeah, slowly yeah. get faster. And then phase three is like, okay, I can look at something, I can do it. It's not perfect, but I understand what I did wrong. Right. And it's kind of like reading a chart for a for drum set. Like if you you're handed a jazz chart or Latin chart, they're like, play a mambo, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, got it. I'll figure. You know, it's not gonna be perfect right now, but I'll figure it out. You know, that's why you gotta. Yeah, it's inter- I like that. You're he's he's in high school and he's talking about this. I'm sorry. No, he was. Uh, yeah, he was uh, at the time. He was. Uh, he was 21. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I said my center stick when I marched Genesis. He was my center gotcha, stick. Gotcha. My bad. I left yeah. that key detail out. But like that was like uh, his. That was his personal experience. Like that's how I felt, and this is what I see with people. And you know, in my drum set playing, it's very fluid. But it was not ever like this. It wasn't always like no. this. It's a establishing flow in any instrument. It's such a goal of mine. Yeah. Uh, when I when I started establishing flow in marimba playing, I felt like I was on top of the world. Um, and being learning from great marimba players like Lonnie and like Dean, and you watch them play, uh, I was like, I want to look like that. You know, yeah. like I want that flow. Or even Troy Bro at UL. Yeah. Or Dietz. Yeah. Or, or, you know, Brian Zader, Alex Stopa, all these people that have flow and like make the instrument look easy. That's what you want for everything. I, that's what I want on Pandero. That's what I want on Darbuka. Mm-hmm. I am nowhere near <laughs> that on those instruments. But it's a, it flow to me is like the ultimate prize. Yeah. I think. And I, I think that marching band, like battery percussion, helps on that journey it's it's kind of weird yeah. because it's like oh it's very strict you're playing on a piece of concrete all summer but you yeah. learn the mechanics that's where you learn 
legato strokes that don't stop and you that and then it just goes from there all right let me take it over to marimba let me take it over to concert mm-hmm. center you know yeah well look man i appreciate your time i thanks for coming on dude dude this has been a ball i had so much fun i don't believe yeah. i don't believe it's been an hour i really don't believe it's been an hour dude it goes by fast and uh honestly i we, we should do a part two sometime i feel like we could dive in for hours and hours and hours you know so. what we'll we'll set it up to where i don't have like a busy day and we can chill for three yeah. hours and it'll be awesome yeah yeah bro no it's all good uh and maybe i'll come up and hang in dallas too that, that sounds like a good time you know i was gonna say you know you're not that far we're trying to do these recitals like once maybe twice a month you're more than welcome to stop by and watch or even play something if you'd like you know the more the merrier. i'd love to man yeah you know? I need to I need to get behind a marimba. It's been a while, but uh, I, I just don't have one. <laughs> like Same, man. I have drums. Yeah. I don't have a marimba. That's yeah, very sad. Me too. Very sad. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. That's very interesting. I'm very interested. So yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, you can find Manny on uh on social media. Um, do you have an Instagram? Uh, technically, but it's really more for like practice journals. Like I just post. Okay. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's there. Yeah. yeah, I got Instagram, Facebook. I do have a YouTube yeah. page. Uh, trying to trying to get into the recording, the the video recording stuff. So yeah, keep an eye out for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll plug all his stuff um in the description below. Um, and yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. This is this was a lot of fun. So yeah. the uh, yeah. So thanks for coming on and um. We're also going to be doing. Uh, I'm trying to trying to get more episodes out per week, so um, you can follow us all on uh, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're on probably. I think we're on nine or ten platforms because of uh, Anchor, which you heard the ad at the beginning of the episode for. Um, one more quick plug: um, if you in any way can help with Hurricane Laura relief, please do. I do not feel like this. Hurricane is getting enough national attention like other hurricanes have. So, uh, it's just a personal opinion, and I think honestly, it's fact. So, agreed. Uh, yeah, if you, if you have any any way of helping, and and you can find a way to help, um, it would be greatly appreciated for the city of Lake Charles. So, uh, but yeah, follow us on uh, uh, social media. Um, you follow me at Hartwell Drums for updates on episodes, and um, yeah. That's it for this one. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.